Welcome everyone to What the Force and welcome to our Tross, The Rise of Skywalker, part two, um, where we're going to be handling some analysis of what happened and uh, speaking to kind of what we think yeah happened and because we do have what that means yeah hi hello and with me is ty <laughs> we 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 recorded a uh, part one earlier on today we took a break i made a gingerbread Aww. house i ate vietnamese vietnamese food i like rested i hung out with my family because like if anything about this movie it has r- reminded me to be life-affirming live in the moment Mm because you never know when your moment is gone right and uh, like (laughs) what what a what a thing to take home with us um i i need to start with a tweet i actually uh just received um just just a little bit while a while ago because in some ways the thesis statement of this not being a power of myth and symbolism, but just being a regular deep dive, but really the thematic through line of what the force in the past, especially year, year and a half, almost two years since Ty and I met, um, has been, what does it mean? You know, what what does Star Wars mean and how can we take things home with us from it? And... I I put this out there because if you listen to the reaction podcast, um, I had a visceral reaction to The Rise of Skywalker. There are things that I loved about it. There are things that I will keep for myself for the rest of my life. And then there's things that I had almost a violent, nauseous reaction to. And I know why. Because I know these things. I have been paying attention for the last, you know, as long as... It, I've been alive because I've been a Star Wars fan and I've, I've understood the myth as long as I've been alive. And I said, I can handle any story that plugs mm-hmm. in. This broke the myth. I'm sorry. This is hard for me. <laughs> and somebody replied, it was, it was Dawn Lasagna. Hi, Dawn. Damn, I'm not trying to put this on you or anything, but as a huge fan of The Last Jedi, I was crushed by this movie. I walked out of the theater and genuinely thought, if there is anyone that can give me an angle to like this movie, Mm. it's what the force. I'm genuinely sorry. And I'm not going to make excuses for the choices that were made. I'm not going to defend the choices i'm going to tell yeah. you how i view the choices <laughs> okay there's a lot going on in the rise of skywalker but first and foremost i think i need to talk about something that happened in the last uh two years i would say uh two years is that star wars went from it's for kids yeah to it's for everyone mm-hmm and, and that's true. Star Wars has always been for everyone. But first and foremost, it was always for kids. This mm-hmm. movie is not for kids. This movie does not plug into the myth correctly. And so will not speak to their growing subconscious and allow them to reflect on their society with the stories that are there. It will not carry them forward and it will not... Mm-hmm. 
inspire them. I, I know this because of the psychology behind the monomyth. There have been very visceral reactions for children. Some kids liked it. Like, eh, it was okay. You know, I'm sure some kids didn't mind it. My children in particular were actually very critical. And they're more looking forward to seeing little women in the theaters mm -hmm. than the chance of seeing this movie again. That tells you something, I think. They have been, uh, They, my daughter said it was prettily pointless, as in beautiful, but pointless. Mm -hmm. um, my son asked why this needed to be made. That's really interesting. They're both very smart fans, and I have recorded several episodes of, of Kids Review Star Wars with them. Um, and yeah, they, they haven't reacted well to some of the choices made in the past, but I think that that's important to recognize that sometimes things just don't work. Um, they also said this feels like a fan film and that's not a knock on fan films, but it certainly does plug into what some fans can view as important versus say, you know, what is the truth of the story being told? I received a message, uh, today, uh, earlier on today on the Facebook group and a lovely woman asked me to share this. So her name is Anya, and she said, Hi, Marie Claire, love your show, and I'm sorry this is probably going to bum you out some more, but I wanted to tell you something that happened to my daughter and I after Tross. My 11-year-old daughter told me it was smart of Ray to lie because everybody would have hated her if she told them the truth about who she was. I felt this I felt like I had been kicked in the chest. I wanted to get this out since my voice is small. Uh. This movie was not meant for children. It was not meant for kids to inspire the next generation. It was meant to kill the yeah. conversation. And I can be mad about it, or I can tell you how to turn towards the light and take the lessons mm -hmm. that Star Wars has taught us in the past and hope. And that is what I'm trying to do and choosing to do, because that is the point of Star Wars, regardless of how this ended, because I have eight other movies, an entire Clone Wars series, Rebels, uh, books, I have Resistance, I have uh, comic books, I have all of the rest of Star Wars, yeah. minus one Darth Vader, Dark Visions comic, number two. These two pieces of Star Wars I will take from them what I want and then I will move forward because I am not defined by Star Wars. I take from Star Wars mm -hmm. what I need and I transform it for me and I walk forward. Yeah. But this movie was not mm -hmm. for children. <laughs> uh, Are you no, surprised? Because like I saw it. I actually had a coworker come up to me and ask me. I had two coworkers who were young men. They're, 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 I say young men because they are my age men. They're like in their early 30s. I'm in my late 20s, but they're in their early 30s. Mm -hmm. They have children who are old enough to watch and love Star Wars. And um, both of them, you know, are obviously overwhelmed by my, my interest in it most of the time. But they... They do ask, I think, the right questions sometimes, and they, they do care. Like, they actually care about what Star Wars is saying message-wise. Um, they are, they are very, like, in, they understand, like, 
they are fans of Star Wars and their kids are fans of Star Wars. So they care about Star Wars kind of thing. They're both very different people aside from that. But uh, both of them asked me about it and I reacted to them in different ways. One of them I said, because their child is very sensitive and they've made that very clear to me. I said, it's very scary. Um, and I don't know if it's appropriate. And I think you mm-hmm. need to watch it first. And I think you need to re- be able to reframe it for your child. Yeah. Yeah. The reframing is going to yeah. be the key. And for the other person, I said, this movie. Um, I said, <laughs> I didn't say anything about it being scary, but I said, I said, I was very disappointed. And I think you need to like, if I said, if, if your children are plugged in, to it if, if they if they care if they connect with mm-hmm. with the main characters mm-hmm. then you need to be prepared to understand maybe if they are upset and that's pretty much where I left it at that because I didn't know exactly like and with both of these people they didn't want to be spoiled so <laughs> there wasn't a lot of I could say but um I'll probably find out next week if I run into them uh, what they what they think or what they experience. But yeah, and you know yeah. what? Like people have loved this this movie. You know, there are people that loved it. There are people that liked it. There are people that like are like I loved parts and I hated parts and like overwhelm. I feel nauseous because I'm being pulled between the two parts. God, yes, that's the key. Yeah. That is the key to understanding what happened. That is the key. So there are probably people who even loved it are like, oh, there are things that uh, were not as good, but there's things that are not as good in all Star Wars movies. Okay, yes. There are people that are reacting like you were wrong to have expectations. No, you're never wrong for having expectations, any expectations of a franchise, of a story, of things. And specifically, Star Wars plugs into Joseph Campbell's work and has always plugged into Joseph Campbell's work. Also, it plugged into Maureen Murdoch's view and Joseph Campbell's work on the goddesses in the last two uh, episodes of the sequel trilogy. There was no problem. You're not wrong for having expectations of your fiction. When your fiction tells you it's hopeful, it's about compassion, it's about love, that's what you're plugged into. If you go and see a drama, you know you're going to see a drama. If you're going to go see a Star Wars movie, you're hoping to leave with some nugget to take home with you and hope. Mm -hmm. Something that speaks to us as humans, humanity. And... They broke the myth. And so, yes, you may like it as an adult. You may love it as an adult. But they broke the myth. There is no coming back from this. They ended the Skywalker saga. By ending the bloodline, which is something that a lot of people were saying was not necessary um, from a storytelling perspective. Like, it wasn't exactly necessary. And then on top of that, they could have... There's so many ways this could have gone. This was Mm -hmm. the last way that most people were expecting to go. But but having expectations when you go to a Star Wars movie, you know what you're getting. You're getting space fantasy. And even Rogue yeah. One was sold as a gritty war movie. So we knew people were going to die. People, things were going to happen. It was going to be hard. And it was going to be hard Star Wars. But we knew that going in. The expectations on this were, it's fun. It's an adventure. Everybody's in this together. 
oh, you know, it's a fairy tale. So the expectations set did not meet the reality because we plug into the myth of Star Wars that exists in our marketing, in our branding, in what Mm -hmm. our creators are telling us outside of the story into what the story, the one story that has been said to this point. And it is directly in competition with the previous narratives. So it's going to be disjointed from them. It's going to feel weird. It This will always feel like a weird yeah. version of Star Wars to me. It will always feel off. Um, it, it, telling people they shouldn't have expectations is like telling them they shouldn't prepare for the weather the next day. It's just not realistic. People always have expectations. It's human to have expectations. When there's expectations are not met... That's where we have choice. We have the choice to continue on and see where things go, or we have the choice to back away and walk away, or we have the choice to be The funny thing about this idea of, like, withholding your expectations or, you know, controlling your, like, it's very nihilistic. I want to give a little personal story here because this is, I think this is really weirdly... (sighs) Okay, so when I was in middle school, I used to, I'm not going to, I promise you, I promise you I'm not going to draw this out. I promise. Um, So when I was like in sixth grade, I uh, had a really overactive imagination and like my teachers thought I should have gone into like special education and they thought like I needed help, Um, which that's fair. My parents refused to address anything like that and Um, I don't know. I don't really know what the right answer was at the time, but I do remember um, my reading teacher saying that I like, they they were telling my parents that at like an open house thing or whatever they call those things where the parents, the parents come to meet the teachers um, and they were telling them that she thought that I was really, really, really smart, but that I needed but I wasn't ever paying attention and I needed to be put in special classes and, and that I needed to be put on like medication. And I remember her telling the, all of this, but my head was so totally somewhere different and it all was going back to the, you know, the book, great expectations. Yeah. So like I wrote an essay as a sixth grader uh, yes, about how I, and I, of course I read the book, but like, uh, about you know, great expectations and like the end of it and how he, it was so bleak and so like sad. Um, and I said, oh, I think the book is saying like we shouldn't have expectations, but I think we should. And I said, I think the I think the point of the book is that you actually mm-hmm. should like because the main character like was constantly beaten down and told like not to believe in what was happening. And I yeah like that's the thing expectations are hope yeah that's, hope that expectations is star wars expectations are hope A and hope that's kind tomorrow. of like what i'm getting at is that i rejected the idea that i was i i needed help in order to better understand story because i was seeing literally the story great expectations i said 
I know what it's trying to tell me, but I reject that mm-hmm. premise. And I think that that's wrong. And my teacher said, I think you need to put her in special school. <laughs> and I said, uh, and my parents said, nah. <laughs> yeah, there is. Rebellions are built on hope. Rebellions yes. are built on yes. hope. Yes. Rebellions are built. Uh... Yes. Yes, expectations that we can be better. Expectations of our fiction that it will tell us the stories that speak to us. Expectations of our society that we will be better. Do not fall for this nihilistic bull. I had a bumper sticker on my Jeep when I first got my car that said question responsibility. I've always been a friggin' rebel. I have always stood up against people and I've said, you know what? I don't accept this. I don't accept what you're telling me. And to see this film play out in the way that it played out, I was like, no, no, I, 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 I refuse this truth that you're telling me. I refuse <laughs> Ray Palpatine. I refuse this. I refuse that. Like it was not yeah. cerebral. It was not challenging. It didn't do anything interesting for the myth. Mm. It tried to force something down my throat and I refused to accept that. I'm sorry. Yep. I will tolerate yeah. it in canon, but I will never love yeah. it. Sorry. I I will tolerate and I will love the pieces that I've taken into yeah. my piggy bank. Because. And because saved for whenever I women, need them. Uh, not just women, but but. The, the feminine gaze of fandom tends to transform things. And we can use those things we put in our piggy bank, as you call it. And we can use those things to transform the myth in the way that we believe creates the most truth for, for us. And we will do that. Like, people have already done it. <laughs> the footage is already out there. <laughs> Yeah, they're already starting. Like that's that's part of this grieving process. And and I want to say like uh, the grieving no, that is happening no, no, no. is not just because Ben Solo was killed by the creators. Yeah. The grieving is for multiples of layers of things. And I I do want to take a moment and talk about that. This is the end of the story. This is the end of the Skywalkers. Even people that love the Skywalkers would grieve the end of the story that they have watched for 42 years that the movie reminds us of. This is an important milestone for our myth that we plug into from a yeah. cultural perspective. Nobody I, so I've been thinking about this powers. a lot today because the the comparison between the reaction of TLJ and obviously the reaction of Trost, like people keep comparing them and I'm like, it's not fair. One of the reasons why it's not, there's plenty of reasons that's not fair to compare the two, but one of them is interesting to me is that um, The Last Jedi was the second film in the trilogy and the last Jedi was supposed to to present counter thought. It was supposed to be an yeah an antithesis to what was presented a- before. Antithesis. Yeah. And the final film should have presented a synthesis, which should have combined, which should have not combined, but it should have incorporated the ideas of the last Jedi. And fold that up into the overall myth and find a way to 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 resolve that with with what the ideas resolve of the Force that. Awakens was presenting and whatnot. Like 
it should have combined those things. I was never expecting it to be perfect, but I was expecting it to try. I was expecting it to care about that process because the mm-hmm. this oh, the original trilogy. I think we should talk about what actually did end up fulfilling that. And it's really important. The parts that ended up fulfilling that are from about, uh, I don't know, 30 to 40 minutes in when Ray yeah. and Ben get back to kind of where they were from a TLJ perspective. Everything Raylo fulfilled and that, which is so really Raylo freaking weird that. because... I, I it's not what I would have expected. I, I, I felt like I would have gotten the opposite of what I got if I was going to be this hugely disappointed. <laughs> I thought I was going to get everything but Raylo. <laughs> it's because it's because everything else yeah. in the movie feels wrong and off for me personally. And and it, it's like not quite there, not quite Star Wars slightly off center and so it it disjoints you from your center and it is and and when we get into what that means and why uh-huh. why well actually it's coming up um i'll get into that in a moment but why what <laughs> happened what happened we say um okay there is an aging segment yeah of the fandom including J.J. Abrams himself, that has built their fandom upon nostalgia. And I am one of those people. And so some of the things that happened in the movie that were built on nostalgia Mm -hmm. still feel good for me. I am more passionate about what the myth is saying and what it says to the collective unconscious than I am about the nostalgia. So I can accept non-nostalgia for the sake of the myth. Some people cannot accept non-nostalgia. There are people in the world that only want to be fed the food that they have been given before. They do not want to Mm -hmm. be fed new and interesting tastes. On a side note, as I mentioned at the top of the the (laughs) episode, I ate Vietnamese tonight. I never eat Vietnamese. (laughs) I I felt the need to try something new. It was good. I... It was really good. We had like a bunch of dishes and some spring rolls. So yeah, uh, there and Star Wars is so complex from a mythic perspective of people who feel like they own the myth, right? And and I want to talk about that just ever so momentarily and explain yeah. mythology and structuralism. So structuralism was a response to um, kind of the modernist period. In that, you know, we're going to try and do things in a modern way. And then the structuralists came in and art, science, philosophy, all of these things said there is, and this is where uh, linguistics and specifically Campbell came out of. So this is important to understand. Structuralism said there is an underlying structure Mm -hmm. to everything that humans touch because we as humans have fingerprints that we touch. And when we build things or we look at things, our fingerprints as humans stay on them. So every language, and this is where it ties into linguistics, um, every language has an underlying structure that we can tell if we know key things about it. And it's because humans, as humans, have the same brains. No, regardless of culture, we have the same wiring, the hard wiring. Think of it like think of it like mm-hmm. how droids 
all can speak binary, right? That's a really good way. So when you speak binary, when you plug into the code of the story, Mm -hmm. you can see the truth of what the story is trying to say. And I'm going to do a quick example, which is the mythology. So mythology itself, but we live with, hmm, we live with mythologies in our daily life. The mythology of branding, of what we believe for everything is actually also important. So there's a great podcast called Philosophize This uh, done by Stephen West, which I totally always recommend. It's my like go-to to like listen to an episode before I do some more research into things. And he has a great episode on structuralism. And he uses this example of soap and the mythology of soap. So even though I talk about the mythology and the mythos of Star Wars, I'm also going to talk about the other mythologies that we take and assume on an everyday basis. Soap is the thing we use to get things clean. But there is a way we talk about soap that is the mythos around soap. My stuff is dirty and thus it needs to be clean. And so that soap will clean it 100% and bring it back to its purity. The soap itself is killing the germs or it's killing the bacteria or it eliminates bacteria 99.9% of the time. There is a mythology around the soap itself. And everything that we have in our universe Everything that is in our world, we communicate mm-hmm. through mythos, branding, political alliance. This guy is bad. I'm good. Mm-hmm. I've not talked about this on the podcast because I have not needed to, but it's important yeah. for you to understand what happened. Nostalgia myth. This plugs into the mythology that things are always better in the past. Things were better When I was a kid, you know, time and processing will heal a lot of wounds. It will heal a lot. And so things will always seem better than today. And as we grow up, the truth is that living is hard and you realize it more as you get older. Nostalgia is the myth we tell ourselves to say things were better in the past. Things were better when I was a kid. Why was it better when I was a kid? Well, because you realize that things are hard. You don't, you aren't protected by the mythologies that our children, that our parents were telling us Mm -hmm. that it's okay. It's going to be okay. That's a myth. (laughs) It might not be okay. And that sucks. But how do we understand how it could be good? That is what the monomyth from so many cultures, the one story tells us is how to carry on the advancements to the next generation. Mm -hmm. And they broke the myth. They broke it. And that's why I was upset when I was talking about the reactions. It's going to be an interesting 2020 as I work through this. Because what the force is primarily my journey and then those people that decide to come along the way and who I drag, like, Ty, <laughs> I'm so sorry, sorry you're, dra- you're coming here. along with me. <laughs> but this is why. Yeah. This is why it feels weird or the things don't quite fit. There's some weirdness happening. And I think we might need to go into what the myth should have said and what happened and where the points were. And then maybe talk about kind of the main points as far as 
what was pulled in to change it. Um, but I want to talk about what ended up yeah, in a higher ahead. level yeah, from tell, a, using I, a different. I love story. this. I love this idea so uh, much. Mm-hmm. What you what you said to me, I think it is absolutely brilliant. Oh, and 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 not only on a meta textual level, but literally what the Mandalorian is trying to tell us. Yes, I. It's so beautiful. It's all about. Because nothing happens without the fingerprints. Think about that. Nothing happens without the fingerprints on it. Okay? Okay. So, and this next next year, two years, three years of storytelling (laughs) is going to be so interesting for me. Okay. There is a sacred story from the Bible called King Solomon. And in that story, King Solomon, who is like basically a philosopher king, is faced with two hysterical women. (laughs) I don't know why they're women, but they are. (laughs) And they both claim to be the rightful mother of the baby, right? The baby, they both claim. King Solomon hears the story of both of them and looks to both of them and says, I have a solution for you. I will cut the baby in half and give each of you a piece. (sighs) The one mother says, good, I want my half of the baby. The other mother says, no, spare the baby. Do not cut the baby in half. Keep the baby whole. Give the baby to the other mother. I cannot bear to have the baby cut in half. What ended up happening with the rise of Skywalker is that they took the mythology, the mythological baby that we share, and they cut yep. the baby in half in the Rise of Skywalker. They gave us both, and it broke it. It broke the baby. They cut a the lot baby of people have been half. trying to put that into words, and by saying they're trying to please everyone, or you know, they put too much in there. Yeah. That's how and it then feels. they end up not pleasing anyone, right? That's how it feels. And and like it it sucks because you're like going through these cycles of I love this, but I hated this. Like today I, I messaged a friend and I'm like, I miss them. I want to see them, Bray and Kylo. It's a mutation. But I it's can't a, handle watching it's it again. A manipulation of everything that you ever wanted. It's given to you, but it's not quite right. Yeah, and it, it's like they tried, oh my God, and there's this scene, there's this scene at the end of Vader Immortal where the bright star, the like symbol that looks like mm-hmm. uh, the symbol that uh, Joseph Campbell used for his- Yeah, I, I don't remember what it's, what it's called. called, but Somebody yeah. It's, correct it's, me it's, in the YouTube con- comments yeah. like they always do. Thank you. <laughs> I'm tired and, and I haven't slept like all week, so- Forgive me, but there's a Frankenstein thing mm. stapled to it to make it whole. To make it whole, yeah. there is a Frankenstein piece of like skin yeah. or something stapled yeah. to the bright star. It's like that. It's like we mm-hmm. have to please these people. So the decision was like a custody battle. And instead of keeping the baby yeah. whole, they cut the baby in half. And now. And now I'm going to keep my Mando comments to the end because I think that it's important to talk about them after. But watch Mandalorian number seven, The Reckoning, with the eyes 
of every Lucasfilm person that loves myth, loves George Lucas, loves story, loves creation, loves the work that they have been doing for the last 42 years, saying, we know. Quill uses the words, I have lived three lifetimes under the Empire. I do Mm -hmm. not intend to be a servant any longer. Listen to the words they use. Listen to it with those, uh, try to listen to it with an open heart. Specifically, um, three or four Lucasfilm employees tweeted out that this was their favorite episode of The Mandalorian, and it is very good. Deborah Chow is very good, and she's going to be taking on the Kenobi movie, or sorry, Kenobi show. But Mm -hmm. just just watch it and listen with an open heart. You will see that they are hurting too. This hurt the one myth, and this hurt our collective unconscious. Mm -hmm. I cannot say it other than that, and it will affect a generation. Uh. because of that a few other things have been played into this so they cut the baby in half they gave this piece to the fandom of mythology and Raylos and people who seek deeper understanding in the story and they gave this other piece to uh, a checklist of demands yeah it was like holding star wars kidnap uh let's see here it's it it you can list them off, Ty. I think yeah. you remember some of them. They're like uh, Ray Palpatine, but also Ray They're Skywalker. Corrected things. Uh oh, okay. I guess uh Ray uh Palpatine clone, yeah. Palpatine yeah. clone, Snoke clone, Snoke connected. Even even the corrections things. of things okay. that have happened uh, in previous. Uh, yeah. Previously, using the words Haldo maneuver is a fan yeah. giving. Word. It is invented by fan canon. It is not it is not something that existed. If it had existed in the world, they would have used the yeah. words the sacrifice of Vice Admiral Haldo. Yeah. We could do that. We could do what Vice Admiral Haldo did. That would have fit better. Or did. That would have been fit better and it wouldn't it would have still eh no, but they Yeah. They signaled to people that they were fixing things. Even the stuff that they gave us that was representative of The Last Jedi was direct attempts at signaling yeah. that, look, we, we're we listening to you, right? So the throne room battle being repeated, the hand offer being repeated, the, mm-hmm. you know, a- expression of certain things being repeated. That was to to me, mm-hmm. to us, to it us just felt on the like side of the baby. They didn't know what to do with what was given to them. So they just decided to, yeah. And then it was executed weirdly too. And I don't, uh, it, it end, and, and fan service is not the right word for this. It is yeah. like they built the story from a checklist of both sides. Yeah. These were our list of demands from the fandom. Make the story work. JJ Abrams. This is and this is why a lot of people who have said, "Well, can. you got like you got your kiss. Like, why do you care?" And I'm like, "Are you kidding me? Like, I didn't have a checklist. Yeah, yeah. I care about Leia. Leia was broken. I care about Palpatine. Palpatine was broken. Yeah, I care about. Ben I care Solo. about Finn. Actually, ben I Solo care about ended Rose. Up okay except for the death. He was a little bit of a. But he was I, a little extra in the beginning. But I, I care, care about, about Finn. I care about Poe. I care about, except for the new characters. Care, no, because uh, no, I care about nobody the left unscathed. more than I care about anything nobody. else. And that was, that died. Like, it died. It's 
it, it's it needs to be. It was like they decided to uh, kill it, kill it with the demands. Yeah. Be satisfied. We gave you. That's half what we a have baby. to work with, and that's why everyone is be like, satisfied. I have scraps and and. Oh, and that is why this movie will age well. And I'm going to tell you why this movie will age well and why it makes me mad. But I will accept it because I love Star Wars. And I love the other things, but not what happened. But it is what happened. Are we going to say that we matter more than the mythology that other people created based on years and years and years and years and years of blood, sweat and tears? I don't know. I'm, I don't know. I don't know the answer to it. I will never harass a creator. I will never say sexist or racist things. Maybe on a spiritual, sorry, maybe on a spiritual level, I am, quote unquote, more worthy, but I am still a human meat popsicle, and so are they. They can't tell the difference between our dollars. I can tell you, though, this will not live as a myth that ended, that that supported the next generation, and that's what happened. And that makes me sad. That makes me grieve. I, I grieve for the myth and not for So can I say something real quick about the whole, like... Okay. <sighs> like... People like people that want to leave can, the cause... fandom because they don't want to support Disney anymore. Like, obviously, you're taking steps to not support the this the, this particular story. I I'm doing the same thing. Like, I think it's fine. Like, I think I, it's I think okay. I think both. I think it's I think okay if they want. Actions are totally valid yeah. because um, I think that uh, yeah. Because they broke the trust. They betrayed. They but, betrayed. But I also want to say that, like, the core of Star Wars, the splitting the baby in half is the best way that I can have any kind of hope in this story going forward because I do see that there is a group in Lucasfilm that is trying to continue the myth that we believe in. And they are they are trying to continue Campbell's ideas and George's vision, and they're trying to hold on to that. That's what I believe in. I believe in the story group. I believe in the overarching myth. As long as they keep throwing people at this, as long as they keep throwing creatives into this, you're gonna end up you're gonna end up getting the the myth that we actually mm-hmm. believe in. You're not going to get what J.J. Abrams just created, that Frankenstein monster of mm-hmm. a movie. That's not real. That's not authentic. That is an, that is a collection of things that he created through from puzzle pieces of what is real. But it's not real, you know? But the stories... It's not. And, and the... Like yeah. we will never get Adam Driver back. I'm I'm resigned to that. We will. Project Luminous is not about bringing back Ben Solo. So if you're yeah. holding out hope for that, please do not. I I don't know what the future tells us or what the future will hold, but it's important to grieve what you need to grieve now. I think I I don't want you to hold out hope that's not there. Other than we might get him 
back somehow in some version in the future. Yeah. But please don't hold out hope for anything soon to alleviate, alleviate your pain. That is so depressing. I'm sorry. I have to say yeah. that. But they have to eat this. This is going to be a shadow on them. This is going to be a shadow on us all. And all we can do is yeah. learn from it um, and understand. Yeah, when I, when I watched all that best. happen in the theater, I... I I watched it and I swallowed it right there. And then I said, this is the last I'm going to see of these two characters on film. And this is, this is it. This is their relationship. And I'm watching it right now and it's over. It is ending and I'm watching it end. And that was so hard to swallow, but I did because I knew that that's, that's the end of the saga. That's the end of their story. That is the end of the Skywalkers because they decided that mm-hmm. by ending the Skywalker saga that they had to kill the last Skywalker of the bloodline. That is what they decided. So therefore, that is what is canon. And you can't change that. No, nobody can change that. Mm-hmm. We can change it in our minds in how we experience the story going <sighs> forward. My husband, actually, Kyle... Um, who's been so patient with me through this whole thing. Like, I literally was a broken human for like so long. And like, I wanted to support others and that was important to mm-hmm. me. So maybe I didn't take care of myself as much as I should. Um, but he said, I've seen the retweet of Ray and Ben standing yeah. in front of the binary sun so much that that's my ending. And if that's what you need, you need to walk out of the theater, you know, as soon as the end happened or the kiss happens you do it you need to turn off the movie you do it you accept what you need from this movie it does not control your experience yeah transformation of that is just yeah that's important all right it's just natural and actually the movie yeah this is another thing oh jj abrams no because this is not this is not his style either this is not how he does stuff. Either is it Marvel, either it is MCU. Many people have described it as video game. I will be um, kinder to it in that I say it is the only way to create yeah. a choose your own adventure plot line. So when you do quick edits like this, when you do not allow the characters to feel the emotional weight of what they are experiencing. (laughs) I know I sound angry. It's just because I'm very, very serious. I'm sorry. When you do this, so what ended up happening in the movie and what people describe as pacing is what happens is people who rewatch the movie will focus and their brains will automatically sync up and click to the things they want to pay attention to and their brains will slide past the things they yeah. don't want to pay attention to and don't want to think about. This is just a natural psychological phenomenon that happens. It's like when you try to read a book and half the words are spelled mm-hmm. wrong, but you know what it's supposed to say and you're able to read it anyways. It's a linguistical thing. Again, this movie because of how it is edited, because of how fast paced it is, because the characters are never allowed emotional weight, because it's 
adventure to emotional moment to adventure to emotional moment ends up being a choose your own adventure. And many people that love this movie who maybe aren't connected with the characters Mm -hmm. will love the stimula-driven nature of it. And that's okay. It is mostly entertaining. If you just kind of view it as you know, on surface level or where you're not particularly invested in the character story being told, right? It will feel off for critical minds who who maybe can see the structure or can see the the lattice structure underneath because it will feel messy. And that is reflected in the Rotten Tomatoes score and the other critics. It depends on what you go in for. It depends on what you want. But the 50% tells me they split the baby in half. That tells me they split the baby in half because we as a society naturally lean, you know, liberal or rebellious or I I want to transform. And mm-hmm. half of the society is yeah. more like, I want things to stay the same. <laughs> it just yeah. split the baby in half. You can so, tell. You can tell it did this. Yeah. Every piece <laughs> of evidence shows this. So uh, Sorry, I'm this yelling. is the thing I kept saying over and over again while I was watching this darn film was um, a mythical dissonance. And I didn't, I didn't create this phrase. Yeah. I mean, uh, I had read, so Marie Claire had given me the spoilers to prepare me for what I was going into. And so I started, I immediately went I immediately said, why, like, why are we getting this? And I thought where Ray had ended up and I thought where Ben had ended up. And I said, wow, that sounds like the American monomyth. And um, I had been wanting to read about more of the American monomyth. I had only read like snippets on like online about what it was and what summed up. And I believed wholeheartedly that, the end of the Skywalker saga was going to take us beyond the American monomyth. And I, I believed it would, it would finish the myth. It would plug into Joseph Campbell. And I, I done, I, that was, it, it was supposed to, you can tell by the remains of our half of the baby. You can tell, you can tell it was supposed to finish it. No, I think it's the best way to talk about it because that that is the best way to talk about it. It's, that's the that is the metatextual myth of what it what happened. And I bought a book um, called "The Myth of the American Superhero," which was written by John Shelton Lawrence and Robert Jewett. And Robert Jewett wrote a nineteen nineteen seventy ish version of this of this book, and basically came up with this theory back then. Um, and then this this book came out in 2002, which is an expansion upon this idea that basically, and I, I'm going to pull some quotes from here because I'm still reading it. So it's better for me to give you quotes than it is for me to try to reinterpret it in my own words. Um, but I will I will be able to do that as Fair. I dig further into it. Um, but I I will read to you. I want to I want to read to you what they sum up in the book as as Joseph Campbell's um, monomyth. This is how they this is the quote that they choose to use for 
Campbell's monomyth. They say the classic monomyth, as Campbell called it, offers this story pattern. And this is the quote. A hero ventures forth from the world of common day into a region of supernatural wonder. Fabulous forces are there encountered and a decisive victory is won. The hero comes back from this mysterious adventure with the power to bestow boons on his fellow man. That is their, that is the quote that they chose to summarize the Campbellian monomyth. Then they describe what the monomyth, what the American monomyth is. And this is painful because this, this is what this story is. A community in a harmonious paradise is threatened by evil. Normal institutions fail to contend with this threat. A selfless superhero emerges to renounce temptations and carry out the redemptive task. Aided by fate, his decisive victory restores the community to its paradise condition. The superhero then recedes into obscurity. So this book (laughs) actually has an entire chapter dedicated just to Star Wars. Star Wars as it is in 2002, which is Star Wars post, yeah, but only post the Phantom Menace at that point. Yes. And everything that they have deciphered from these films up until this point leads them to believe that it is the American monomyth and not the Campbellian monomyth. And another part of the American monomyth Hmm. that they analyze is that is very undemocratic. And that is it. That is one of the lenses that they are viewing this from. So um, uh, the book is very much centered around the idea of fascism versus democracy. And that's understandable given the time period, but they tend to look Mm -hmm. at, Star Wars as very fascist in its messaging, but doesn't believe itself to be so. So they summarize this, and I'm Mm. going to pull another quote. The cultural reception of the Star Wars series illustrates a kind of mythic dissonance. The American monomyth consistently undermines the democratic ethos and the democratic components of religious faiths. Given its elitism, irrationalism, stereotyping, and appetite for total solutions instead of compromise, it is difficult to find any comparably emphatic democratic sentiment in the myth, except perhaps the convention of the everyman as the redemptive hope. Although American superheroes consistently strive to redeem corrupted republics, the definition of their roles and the means of their triumphs reflect fascist values that ultimately undermine democratic processes and hollow out the religious faith of the enchanted. That is how that that is how they describe Star Wars hmm. up to 2002. So that is an interpretation but that's of what, what happened. happened. And I'm going to argue more for what they have interpreted, then I will what I have interpreted post-Tross. Because I truly believe, and we've said this before, we've said this before, Luke never got the end of his journey until The Last Jedi happened. 
happened. Luke never came back with the elixir until those kids yep. reenacted what he did on crate. Because he, he ended did, up and going then into he obscurity. only brought the elixir back to the community when he stood on crate. Even though he was a projection, he brought the elixir back then, and people remembered him. Yep. Yeah. And and people remembered him, and Broom Boy wanted to be him. And so, actually, yeah. Luke's story, Luke's story is fulfilled. Is fulfilled. Yeah. And and it's not perfect, and it's not By the, last the perfect Cambellian myth. Yeah. Oh, that hurts. That that hurts a little bit. Sorry, that just hurts a little bit to realize that. And I didn't realize that. I had hoped that this would. I believed this that would wholeheartedly. And Joseph Campbell's. Myth. You know, people have people have analyzed this in the same way, but they haven't hit this this thread necessarily. But there's been people said um, JJ stuck in 1977, and they don't. They tried to finish it the same way A New Hope was finished, and they are absolutely right. But the reason why is because of this. It's because of the American monomyth does not allow the hero to go past the transformation. They go to the transformation and then they go into obscurity. They are not allowed to atone and they are not allowed to return. And we see this actually play out from the specific choices to do with yeah. artistic creation of our heroine, Ray. I, I described this to you when I called you and told you what happened. And I said, she's a heroine yeah. from a horror movie. Heroines from horror movies, yeah. especially in the 1980s, died if they had sex. The only woman that got, got alive who resisted the damsel in yeah. distress was the pure virginal woman. So that is what Ray became. The scared child that can overcome the monster. We were in talking the about dark. this months ago because uh, it's so weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny. It's so funny. Like, it's so weird. Like, Ty and I talk all the time about a lot of stuff, and she's been working on this really amazing. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's video, a lot of ideas that we shared to do it for together. this particular like, video. And, um, I, I kind of was bouncing off of uh, the meta of uh, Death and the Maiden meta written by Otzi, uh, Shy, and, you know, I was kind of figuring out, okay, well, how do we evolve this? Like, what comes next? Like, there's the Death and the Maiden, and then there's the idea of, like, the usurper and, mm-hmm. like, all of this, like, she was she was tapping into this and I was like, well, what comes next? Like, what is the how does the heroine develop over time in our mass media? And what is the and, and so MC and I got on the topic of horror movies. We got into the topic of heroines and horror movies and how they per- were originally perceived as, you know, virginal and like there was this there was a backlash against that at some point, but then it went back to virginal. Like there's it's constantly trying to find what can who is worthy like what what the feminine the feminine has to be worthy of being the hero in the end in different ways than the male does and that's very fascinating to me so i was exploring that because i believed that the rise of skywalker in a certain way and now i'm exploring it because the rise of skywalker didn't and because of because of the way that it, it ended, didn't. I'm going to lean into yeah. this so hard because it, it is. Ex- 
I love you. I love you so much. And you have you have my life. <laughs> There's too many now. <laughs> I don't know which one because I, I was confused by by how many lightsabers there were. But you have mine. Uh, you have my love. You have my support. You have my ear. Um, yeah, it's just absolutely fascinating. And it's funny to be a person that sees the metatextual layer. Yeah, and I think that's why a lot of people don't understand where we're coming from. There, there's plenty of women who women and men who see this and they say, wait a second, this is not fair. This is, this is, this is completely offensive. This is a slap in the face. And then there's people who watch it from the other side and they go, wait a minute. I don't understand. I thought this was completely fine. I don't understand why you have a problem with this. Why are you acting like this? Why are you acting like the fandom menace? Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. I, it's it's a little too much context to try to try to explain to people when I'm literally just venting to people who I, I I really am just venting to people who understand it the way I do for the most part. Like I I, I there <laughs> how many of them are there? There's like I I don't know I don't know I hope you I hope you get to the point where you understand it like us uh, along the way because it. It is a way for you to love story and also mm-hmm. to protect yourself from stories, to see what it will happen and why it has happened. So Knowledge can I is go into like, what a heroine is in the American monomyth? Because this is really... <laughs> yeah, I think that would be valuable. I think that would be super valuable to talk about what a heroine is in the yeah. American monomyth versus the goddess mythology. Because they broke the goddess yeah. mythology. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, just... um, we yeah we did a lot of we did a lot of meta <sighs> conversations about yeah like the goddess and like what she was and like that's kind of the that that is the <laughs> that is. Yep. <laughs> By the way, I'm on my second on my, uh, drink of fifth. the night. <laughs> I know I've got a lot more raspy. Your voice um, has changed, my love. So, uh, <laughs> uh, we care really not two not two switches yeah, about I, the fact I really that we are care. being very very blunt about what happened. But we, we will, will get, get to that. To we will get to that. But I think understanding what happened this? is kind of the beginning of that. That's how we can, yeah. It's part of catharsis. It's like, like, cause, cause a lot of people literally are like screaming at the clouds, like, why, why did this happen? How did this happen? Because, like, they're like, I want to blame somebody. Like, I want to hurt. Like, no. I hurt. Do I blame myself for believing? No, you don't believe believe yourself for believing. Do yeah. I blame the creators? Well, you don't want to do that and become annoying. The circumstances are what they are. And you have to contextualize it and recontextualize it and understand what happened. And then we're going to help you figure out how to get past this. And this will take some time to heal. And I'm going to explain that in a little while. But I want to say you are not wrong. We are not wrong yeah. for loving things. It is never wrong for loving things. It is no. It love is things, never love wrong. Things hard. Love. love things with love is like, never an wrong. Intense, an intensity that like no one can rival. Like do that. That that is incredibly powerful. Love it because they will make yeah. stories for you because you love it and you want it. And we have to persevere and make stories for yourself that you yeah. love and 
write the stories that you want to have written. And this this tragedy, and by tragedy, I mean Mm -hmm. cutting the baby in half versus giving us the whole baby, (sighs) will launch a generation of creatives who no longer care what the patriarchy thinks about them because they want and they deserve. Yeah, no, it's definitely inspired me to write more. So um, yeah, (laughs) MC's going to write Dark Union. I'm going to write my Dark Union. I have to figure it out. I'm going to write Dark Union. I I have a learning disability. I'm going to need like 6,000 people supporting me. So please do help me. <laughs> Just by saying, oh, I really want to read your Dark Union book briefly. And then I'll be like, I'll write it. <laughs> yeah. Because we want it. We yeah, want our female end, power man. fantasy. We, yeah. we deserve it we deserve it yeah my expectations will Mm -hmm. be met no more bullshit (sighs) so 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 so. let's talk about our heroines yes let's talk about our heroine (laughs) yeah she must yeah wear white we we saw we saw all this happen in like the the rise skywalker and like (laughs) Yeah, there was a lot of weirdness going on. You're like, and, what yeah. is happening with her? <laughs> there was a lot of signs that we like should have picked because up I feel on like it. There could have been a lot of like fool. explanations for it if it, you know if it would have been if they were I mean, going. Yeah, they they. Uh, yeah, if they're going bride yeah, or, so or like, bride, hey, if they I were going really bride, to believe that like her costume changed halfway through. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. There was a, I think there was like a leaked image like early, early, early on, and I thought. Oh wow, there were a couple of them actually. I don't remember actually happening in the. I just thought about that. I just thought about that. I don't know. Maybe she did. Maybe they changed so, things. Yeah. Who knows? So we it. have a movie so, that we have to deal with. So, so in the American, what's the heroine? There's obviously mo- mostly the male is the like the hero. He's the, the superhero, right? And that hero, like the masculine is the main part of this, but they're developed through this story, the need to have a woman kind of be, you know, a, 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 a like someone who was there with him through the journey. And that woman fulfilled a different purpose. And again, this is an evolution because myths, myths evolve. And the woman became a superheroine because in the American way of viewing things, the American exceptionalism, that elitism that we have, it's this idea of your main characters have to be epic. They have to be iconic. They have to take over. They have to be super, you know? So superheroine it, like, is the way that they interpret this. And a superheroine by the way, a superheroine evolved from being just a woman to actually men took this role as well. Um, so this is not a male versus female thing. This is a feminine thing and a masculine thing. You know, this is what we talked about a lot. Like the role of the heroine is that, and this is a quote, she is a model of moral purity, seeking nothing for herself while loving others and generous but sexually chaste manner. 
female redemptive power requires a soul and body uncontaminated by sexual passion. I'll I'll continue. I'll continue because I need to get through this. This is going to make me vomit. Uh, These angelic girls... These angelic girls give us an image an image of selfless love devoid of sexuality combined with the perfect conformity to the post-Puritan virtues of cooperativeness, cheerfulness, and submissiveness. Redemption here takes the form of adjustment to circumstances rather than the annihilation of incorrigibles. Because, because and this is me explaining this, the need for the heroine happened when the hero became too violent, right? This book is interesting because it talks about a lot how uh, the hero became too violent even for the American subconscious. So they introduced the heroine in order to tell the hero, you don't need to be so violent. And sh- and instead of the hero, and instead of the hero venturing in, into obscurity, and that redeemed them, right? Stepping away from society, I've become too violent. I'm ruining the society. I've corrected what I need. I, I I have fixed what I need to fix. Therefore, I will leave because I am more of a destruction than a solution. Then they introduced the heroine, and the heroine would say, "I will heal your." evil. I will, I will heal what is inside of you. I, I accept you. I forgive you. I forgive you. Therefore, society forgives you for everything that you have done. They are the angel that comes in and, and, and redeems them. And then the same thing happens. Yes. And therefore must be and virginal. But then the same thing happens. They still, they still go into obscurity. But like the, there was this need for like the redemption was now no longer offered mm-hmm. by society it was now offered by a woman and that was yes yeah which is yes which is a form of the goddess specifically the virgin mary coming back um but our hope is that we can move back past that and our heroines right. can actually so, so, have sex someday so this is yes but but yes so um they use the <laughs> i they use the story of heidi to explain this myth like to this extreme extent, and that was amazing. Scream, probably Honestly, yeah, the Scream, Scream series, series explains really well. this, but so well. Scream, so watch Scream and how they talk about horror stories, because that is right. the American but, monument. But, um, uh, but if we want to get in a to the idea of like what a heroine is and her, yeah. like what her, um, what her role is in in, in a in in a, in a myth like this in American in an American myth. Um someone who is strong, someone who is important, like that like the, like ah uh, okay. So Heidi as a as a story, as a character, is like pure. Everything that happens to her is not her fault. Like she is she remains joyful. She remains uplifting. Like she remains she remains totally pure. She's a child you know, she is taken to her, I think it's her grandfather who lives in the Alps and she like lives with him and she like slowly teaches him to become more human basically. And there's parts of it in the story where she goes and lives with the city folk and she misses the countryside. She feels like the city, she feels like the house and the window curtains are like a cage 
She feels like a bird that is trapped. She wants to just go back to the mountains. She mm. takes the girl, Clara, who has like an injury. Like she has her leg is her legs don't work. She can't walk. She's crippled. Um, she takes her to the countryside. All of a sudden, Clara can walk. Um, there's all of these things. Uh, Heidi is this. Heidi is the heroine on crack. Like she is mystical. She is magical. She is the redemptive heroine. She brings everyone around her happiness and healing and redemption. And she makes her grandfather, who is the coldest person in the story, weep. She makes him pray. She brings him back to church, you know? So there's all these things that happen with her. And and so they use her in this book to kind of like, kind of uh, provide a framework for the heroine. Even adult heroines are, are can be can be a uh, compared to Heidi. They say uh, the mythical plot varies from the masculine heroic patterns only in the means of redemption, which are psychologically and religiously manipulative rather than violent. Whereas the men achieve sexual segmentation through renunciation, superheroines like Heidi simply remain in a prepubescent state forever. So whereas the man, the man, like, so this is me explaining it. There was a masculine hero will (sighs) choose not to act upon his sexual urges. The heroine stays as a child, almost as an ignorance, right? That is the heroine in the American monomyth. That is exactly what Ray did. Ray did not choose this. Ray did not choose for Ben to die. Ray did. Ray, Ray wanted, wanted to be with him. She kissed him, right? But at the end of the story, she remained mm-hmm. a prepubescent heroine. She remained happy. She didn't mourn for him. We didn't see her suffer. We didn't see her mourn. Like what she she is. She's a child. She's she ended in the state. Yes. Yep. She's back to being a child because she was this comfortable was in the desert. And this was her new home. And nothing is sadder than the crush of the myth to me. Joseph Campbellian. The monomyth. That is why I that is why I weep for Star Wars, not yeah. because I wanted Ben and Ray it, to end up together. Yeah. It's because the, they the whole George Lucas wanted their the three trilogies, nine films. Um, and, and at some point he decided not to, cause he couldn't figure out how to do it. Like he, he was, he didn't know. And, and this it is hard and it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. And they figured it out and then they changed it to split the baby. They figured it out. They knew that the synthesis of Ben and Ray using creative mythology as a template using basically the last two chapters of power of myth and symbolism of of joseph campbell could give them the answer it was they were ending up together and they had a baby and they continued on that would have solved the myth no and ben didn't need to go to jail he didn't ray could have said hey you know what yeah. He saved my life. He saved everybody. He helped me kill Palpatine. Or, you know, he protected me and then I killed Palpatine. Or I gave Palpatine redemption. And he 
you know, found love in compassion and then evaporated into space. Like that's what could have happened. Because and that, they chose like, not that, to do it. Well, those things you said there, there the that would have been the atonement and the return that would have been giving the elixir to the community, but they just, they chose not to do that. They chose to yes. stop the myth at the transformation. They didn't give the community anything. We have not ended this film. The last Jedi ended with that. We didn't end there. <laughs> yeah. That is why we are left that's why we are left empty. We we are yeah, left unfulfilled. Luke got but his at transformation. Least Luke got his transformation. And then the, and then they gave all of Luke's at least legacy he brought back to Ray. The they put it all into one person. Like it's totally unfair. It they Which is they, unfair. They gave yeah. Ray. This you, is the interesting thing about yeah. how the American monomyth plays into this because Ray not only fulfills the masculine hero by disappearing in, into obscurity, but she also played the role of the feminine hero heroine by healing the masculine she has become prepubescent and she has become uh, john wayne you know in the same freaking movie but but that's (laughs) not that we don't love john wayne but it has problems from an advancement of our cultural unconscious our, yeah, she our, took she you know, took Ben's story. She took it has Luke's story. She took Le- Leia's story and Palpatine's story, and she took Palpatine's she is, story. She, she took everyone. She took everybody's everyone story and became a Skywalker in one person. Thanks. I guess that is kind of. Uh, I mean, I guess that's kind of like, and it's the also concept of the one in the many, but. It it's was also so their idea of synthesis, done, which I, I think is cool because I think that that is completely unfair to the character. Yeah. <laughs> Expect better. This is a terrible synthesis. It's like, oh, but nothing changed in the first order because yeah. they still exist and some probable new tyrant will what probably happened? step up and, you know, because fascism still what exists, to, I guess. This, and, you know, the resistance really is not done. And, right. What happened yeah. to all of the setup in the, in the Force Awakens that made us feel like we can actually balance the Force? You know, this will begin, the, like... Oh, it's not happening because, you know, the dyad is dead and there is actually no balance between the two of them. Unless, I guess, it kind of all lives in her now and the expectations (laughs) ride only on women to save people in the future, regardless of the fact that they do they want love and marriage and family and and they or, you know, anything a fulfilling life. I can can accept Ray being a hero for the rest of her life, but. God, to put all of that on her, it's completely unfair. To leave her with alone? Yeah. Oh, I thought about that. Oh, but you know, women have to do everything. (sighs) Full-time job. Full-time job and being a heroine. Yeah, that, no that's what they're her. saying. No one this. to take any Ugh. kind of, any of the burden. Yeah, BB-8. <laughs> oh, just, just BB-8. <laughs> and... And the symbolism broke when Twin Ben sons, wasn't standing yeah. next to her as the tw- as the twin of her son. They they broke the symbolism internally yeah. because they yeah. used it earlier on in the movie and then broke it. I can tell you how much they used twin sons in the lead up to this in how much they used it everywhere. The force theme has been used to them. The binary sunset theme. They used the twin sons purposefully elsewhere in canon and in the lead up to describe both of them 
and now she is alone. And then they tried to replace the twin sons with Luke and Leia, which ge- leaves you feeling <laughs> slightly <laughs> incestuous. Uh, because now she is the yeah. daughter, adopted daughter of twins. Yeah, it's pretty awful. Ugh. <laughs> I honestly have vi- violent reaction, visceral violent vomiting reactions to this. Uh, That's how bad they broke the myth. Yeah, sure, it fits the American monomyth. Good job, patriarchy. Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't want it. Yeah. But, okay. Now what? Stories are not supposed to betray us. We're supposed to know what we're getting into before we tell them. Because our parents used to say, hey, do you want to hear a story? (laughs) And you're like, well, is it going to be a good one? Oh, it's going to, you know, have a prince and a princess and end on a kiss and everybody lives happily ever after. You're like, okay, I'm up for that. Or, oh, it's going to be sad and there's going to be tragedy, but we're going to feel something and learn from it. Oh, okay, I'm in the mood for that. Oh, it's going to be an adventure. There's going to be swashbuckling. Mm. Mm, You know, it's going to be a little hard for the hero, but he's going to be okay. Or he's not going to be okay. We know Mm -hmm. that going into it, but that's why we feel betrayed. Betrayal is the thing that causes the invisible wounds, especially for for soldiers who serve in the field. Mm -hmm. And if you need to listen to something, listen to the theater of war. It will help you to understand this or read the theater of war. But listen to it because Adam Driver Driver reads it at his best. And since we only got like five lines from Adam Driver in The Rise of Skywalker, you want to hear his voice for five hours. It will make you feel better. (laughs) I'm going to actually re-listen to it over the Christmas break. It'll be great. Okay. The invisible wounds are caused by betrayal because of our expectations being one thing, our trust in our institutions, in people, in people that we have been told we should trust because of everything that they tell us. And we end up getting the opposite. Expectations are not bad. Expectations mean we will be fulfilled by something or that we can hope for something better. When we end up being betrayed, it can cause a wound that can be as serious as PTSD. And that is why this last week, parts of this fandom and individuals have been Mm -hmm. in genuine emotional crisis. Genuine. Fiction is not supposed to betray us. Fiction and story is supposed to... Give us the indications that things will change. And that's what ended up happening in Game of Thrones when Daenerys, um, <laughs> you know, ended up going completely evil and crazy. Uh, is there there wasn't indications to people. They didn't see the writing on the wall and then were betrayed by the fact that it mm-hmm. happened. And then how it ended felt wrong to them. And we've seen it happen in Voltron. They were an enemies to lovers relationship that should have happened and played out. And this is an example for some people Mm -hmm. of a thematic fictional betrayal. Our brains know on some level that this is fiction, but on the lizard brain level that listened to story around the campfire and that was our only source of entertainment from an evolutionary psychology perspective, Mm. we can't tell Mm -hmm. the difference between our myths and our reality. We can't tell the difference between losing Ben Solo and how wrong it was 
and losing our mom, our brother, our lover. And in so many ways, this fandom identified with both Ray and Kylo, and the synthesis would have been to create a complete person in us. And we lost both of them because we lost her character growth yeah. and her sexuality, and we lost him. So the choices for Lucasfilm are own this mistake and issue. And mistake is a hard word, but own the tragedy as it happened. Own it and figure out how to fix it. Move on with different stories and write it off or try to repair and try to move on. Yeah. We will get something out of this, I suspect. They know. They know. And I know they know. I know they know. I know they broke the myth. They know they broke the myth. We know now, if you listen to this podcast, how they broke the myth. Yep. Um, invisible wounds are most important that you talk about them and you work through your own process um, especially right away if you don't if you deny it if you say this didn't affect me because fictional characters you may come up with feelings that will come and interrupt you in the future and just as a reminder those symptoms of a crisis uh, look like you know, neglect of personal hygiene, dramatic changes in sleep habits or sleeping, you know, like sleeping too often or not enough, um, weight gain loss, decline in work performance at school, etc. Um, pronounced changes in mood, you're irritable, angry, anxious, depressed, um, or withdrawal from routine or activities or relationships. And I can 100%, I can mm-hmm. 100% tell you I was in crisis mode this week for myself. And so I reached out to others and I said, how can I help you? Because that's how I cope. I I try to have compassion and love for others because mm-hmm. that will help me work through things. So it's okay. Yeah. Your feelings are valid. Now what do we do? Now what do we do? What is... Ugh, God, this is depressing. <laughs> they broke the myth. <gasps> you transform. You take the next steps in the journey. You transform. You see what happens happened and you transform you create your own works you transform the myth to change it yourself you complete the journey for yourself or you transform yourself and learn finish from the this myth and bring the so this is something i've been thinking community. about too yeah finish the myth um finish and this is myth. not about fix it fic or whatever it's that recognize that any art that you draw any fic that you write any post that you post is a part of the myth they decided that the anger that was caused by the last jedi which became a part of the myth mind you that anger that anger caused by the last jedi that Mm -hmm. became a part of the myth whether we like it or not they decided to incorporate it into the story and so that has consequences and obviously we're we're feeling those consequences it's no longer about trying to fix the myth. It's about trying to incorporate that into any way that you can possibly create. And that is through posts and that is through like threads and that is through uh, like, but, but contribute con- contribution is also, it evolves. It should evolve into some kind of creation into analysis or some kind of creation that you're doing. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be transformative. Memes. <laughs> yeah, memes. Memes. Yeah. Make us laugh again. 
make us laugh again. I'm speaking about yeah. Hammy and I'm speaking to Trixie. Like, yeah. make me laugh. Make me laugh. That I was need hysterical. it. What is a group full I'm of Snokes but a that. sneak? <sighs> make me laugh. I need to laugh again. Yeah. I need to love this again. And it hurt yeah. me. Yeah, it hurts so so many of us. And and it's hurt so many of us, but we can only do what we can do. Spend money, don't spend money. I don't care. Love Star Wars, don't love Star Wars. But I'm trying to help you figure out how to move past this. If you felt betrayed or you didn't find the Skywalker saga to be Mm -hmm. satisfactorily, like as advertised, uh, concluded. (laughs) you know and and most importantly speak what you want don't be afraid to speak your truth as bts would tell us as nam june yes speak Speak yourself yourself, be yourself yes i love nam june so much i i i mean as soon as i decided to be a a Nam June stand from so BTS. Much. You were like, this makes sense. Oh my God. He's like your, your soulmate that you will never beat. He, he, we share a soul, Nam June and I. Yeah. Uh, we both think about yeah. things too Love much. Love yourself. Speak yourself, be yourself. Yeah. Speak your truth. Be yeah. who you are. Demand the fiction that you want create the fiction that you need yeah yeah you be you i mean there's a reason i talk about bts all the time it's because they they actually acknowledge the fact they actually they actually acknowledge listen to bts listen to bts it literally plugs into yakin and psychology and joseph campbell and it gets it on a fundamental level listen to bts for a long time uh watch stories that plug into the monomyth plug into the heroine's journey do your research be an informed consumer of myth expect more of star wars expect it it. demand it and not in an angry way but in a this is important to me way and this is important for our society and it is the only way that we transform and take the elixir back we must fulfill yeah. the myth because the American monomyth will not yeah. do it. No, we can't. Us. We can't rely on it. We can't rely on creators like JJ anymore. We can't rely on. We can't rely on men who come from that era. We can't rely on that particular group that come from that era of storytelling. They have to. Ryan Johnson is a new era of storytelling. Yeah. yeah. That's why he he gets it. And he read Jungian psychology. He read Robert Bly. He understands Joseph Campbell. When, and like Ty is still, I think I have been totally redeemed for screaming (laughs) with joy that John Favreau read The Hero's Journey. I love that you think you have to be redeemed for that. I was just annoyed you were loud. And if you've been listening to Once Upon a Time in the Outer Rim, I wax poetic about how it pretends to be the American monomyth, but is actually flipping it on its head to become the hero's journey. And I love every aspect of it. Um, And love what you love. Love the things about the rise of Skywalker that you can love. And 
take them away. And if you watch it again, your <sighs> brain will focus on it because that's how it's built. <laughs> Isn't that convenient? But it's not Star Wars in genre. It became a horror movie because of the American monomyth and because of yeah. how quick and horrific aspects are. Like with the flashes and the... and the um, There's like a, a thing that happens with yeah, violence where they do I this like screech. Yeah. Uh, that's horror fiction. That's horror genre. They made a horror movie. Congratulations. Uh, the first horror <laughs> movie genre in... Well, no, there was a couple of episodes of Clone Wars. But... Congratulations, yeah. we have the horror genre added to Star Wars. Thanks. Okay, so love what you love out of, you know, The Rise of Skywalker, and mm. you love The Rise of Skywalker, and you listen to this for the as long as you have. Um, it's okay to love The Rise of Skywalker. I'm not saying that, because I want people to be happy fundamentally, and I love other people, because that's what Star Wars has taught me. It's taught me compassion and love, and I still believe in those things. I still believe in turning towards the light. Like, and I, and I, and I believe in the one myth. I don't believe in corporations true values but i am willing to sense what is happening yeah. and experience it so i can speak to what is happening but don't be afraid to love what you love never be afraid to love what you love love it put it in your piggy bank take it out transform mm -hmm. it turn totally. it into something you love even more <laughs> i want to talk just to briefly about the mandalorian again and reiterate how important yeah. the child is the baby we talked earlier about splitting the baby in half. If you listen to Werner Harstog's talk to the Mandalorian when he demands to see the baby. Yeah. It hits a little different now. Shall, shall we have a libation for the conclusion of our shared narrative? The shared narrative being the baby that was cut in half. But what does the Mandalorian do? It tries to sneak away the baby. It tries to hide it with an ally. It tries to escape the evil empire who still wants it. And we'll have to wait and see how it turns out in episode eight. But I have hope that the storytellers, when they say, I had to suffer too. I had to do things I wasn't proud of. But I had a death and rebirth like IG-11. And I had to, I stumbled and I had to learn in IG-11, the new robotic protector of our baby in episode eight, mark my word, it's going to happen. We'll protect the baby and this will be the baby's new family and the new journey that the baby is on. The baby will live on. I love you, Ty. <laughs> I held it together until now. <laughs> it's taken me a lot to process this. Uh, I may take some time off in January from the podcast. I'm planning on doing a couple of episodes uh, as much as I need because this is what the force yeah. is about me and my journey and what I need. Uh, but if I take time off, it, it doesn't mean because I don't love you. It just means I need a rest because this has been hard. Um, I love every listener. I love you so much. I love you guys so much. I love everything that you give back to me in the form of energy by telling me you care about these things as much as I do so I don't feel alone because I feel alone sometimes. And like Kylo, like our good boy hero, he says, you're not alone. Neither are you. We're not alone. We know the truth. We know what happened. We can make the future what we want it to be. 
and we can see far away the story that they are telling us. Expect more, hope for the best, love what you love. It's okay. (laughs) This has been hard. It's been real hard. (laughs) I, yeah. There's been a lot of investment in the period of time and a lot of a lot of finding meaning in things that we didn't yeah but no one can take that from you ty no one can take that from you your journey is i'm saying that i knew that some of the things i was finding meaning in weren't intentional i'm saying that like i knew like that fun speculation is fun speculation like i know like oh, they could do this and they could do that. It was always just so like, these are pathways that they could go down. But I was working off of like what was already established and they weren't. And that's not fair. I was never trying to be right. I was trying to find meaning in something that I loved. And it had nothing to do with plot. It had nothing to do with guessing. It had nothing to do with like, it had nothing to do with bets that I made, even though I did, which I find hysterical because the people I betted with I became right and then they Look, deleted their accounts. Theoretically, I theoretically, was right about everything I put money down. I was, I was right about everything right about I actually made. Even, even the stuff I didn't put money down on, even the stuff like I was right about the stuff that like people. It's not about being right. It's about being I could care good and I could meaningful. care less about and we the should fact always that I will, expect not, I will that. never get the $500 I am owed by freaking Corey Broom, um, who said he was good for it and showed me a, uh, I have his, I have his Venmo account and I sent a request for my $500 that he owes me, but you know, whatever. It was just a bet made on the internet. So like it's legally binding, but, but I, I don't care at the end of the day. What I actually care about is the fact that this is this is this is broken. It's not just it's broken. This is an emotionally stunted myth. This is everyone Yep. They returned yeah. Ray back, the heroine of her journey, back to her prepubescent state. Good job. Yeah. We have not developed anything. Everything that I loved about this character has been regressed to a child, whereas she was becoming a woman. I don't understand the point, and I don't understand what I'm supposed to get out of it. Other than I am not, as a woman, I am not allowed to be a hero and have children. I cannot be powerful. I cannot be successful and strong and have a family. And that pisses me off because of who I am and what I'm trying to accomplish in my life. That's not fair. Totally not fair. Yeah. No, it's not. Yeah. And it's not true. It's not reality of our days because women are heroes every single day and mothers. That is the truth because we now live in a society by which... and Leia no wasn't a good role model for that because she was a general first and a mother second. She failed her child. She never, she exactly. Yeah. And we needed a resolution to that. We needed a resolution to that. And, you know, I don't want to talk about it anymore on this podcast because we did what we set out to do, which is explain how, like engineers, yeah. we did an analysis on the train wreck and we figured out what happened. Now. 
our hard journey ahead is how to love the things that we love and understand and uplift the ideals of Star Wars that we love and understand what is happening yeah. and then speak to that and speak our truth and speak our love about it. Our love of story and our love of myth and our love of the yeah. symbolism and everything that The Last Jedi evoked. <sighs> Kathleen Kennedy said some really interesting things on the premiere night. And actually, like when I watched it, I said to myself, <laughs> well, doesn't it seem like the cast is drunk or high? <laughs> and yeah, they, they seemed so out of it. And they all just seemed to be so glad it was over. And there were so many weird moments. And I'm sure that this is going to be analyzed for years, what happened, because this was not expected to be a 50-50 split from an enjoyment perspective. But I can completely understand why and why it was acceptable. Kathleen Kennedy said the following, Bob Iger and I have agreed that we will wait for some time to figure out what the story is for Star Wars after the Skywalker saga has ended. In, in the meantime, we're going to focus on smaller stories, books, television shows. As a side note, you notice all of the Mandalorian cast members here. You notice the Resistance characters here. <laughs> People who voice acted the Resistance characters, the Clone Wars, which is upcoming. Oh, yes. And, you know, as you know, Dave Filoni expressed an interest in in directing and running live action. And so we set that up with almost a way for him to take mm. that on and learn that with the Mandalorian. We're very excited for the next phase, the next yeah. generation of storytelling. I'm paraphrasing that because I don't remember but she spoke those words she brought her sister for emotional support <laughs> sister which was really interesting to see they look the same uh but she spoke those words very poignantly yeah. to say this is done we're done with this old nostalgic mm. myth this this rough because of the hope so this is why I'm still <laughs> podcasting because I have expectations of the future and I am enjoying the Mandalorian and I have hopes for what will come next but it doesn't mean that i won't take breaks occasionally yeah. because i need to recover mentally from what has happened <sighs> i love you all you are valid it's gonna be okay for me i hope you come along on this journey if you choose to no longer trust star wars or love star wars or you know whatever i totally understand and i totally get it if you're here with me it's because you want to come on this journey with me and I appreciate you because you uplift me. So thank you. Ty Black, where can people find you? <laughs> uh, they can find me on at black underscore T-Y-M. And you can find me on YouTube at wit and folly. I'm still here. Thank you for listening to What the Force. I'm Marie-Claire Gould, your host. Our music is orchestral music composed by Christy Carew for What the Force. We have a Patreon at patreon.com slash whattheforce. We like to thank all our patrons, especially those who love and are obsessed with What the Force. Melody, Night Huntress, In Wild Space, Susan, Jessica, Cassandra Corvid, Brad, Black-Eyed Lily, Anna Perez, Raylo Musings, and Jawa Dog. Make sure to like and subscribe on YouTube or leave a five-star review on iTunes or any of your other pod apps. It helps people find the show. You can connect with us on Twitter at What the Force Show, at What the Force Podcast on Facebook, or on our website, whattheforce.ca. Feel free to reach out and start a conversation. Cheers. <laughs>